You're listening to Confident Chaos Podcast with Dr. Tiffany and Lawyer Lisa. Listen as we talk about anything and everything that you know to be your truth. On this week's episode of Confident Chaos Podcast, we're talking about marijuana. From everything from legalization of marijuana to medical marijuana, pros, cons, and then uh, Lawyer Lisa and I come up with some really good ideas in terms of legalization and uh, some ideas of what we could do. Hey guys, welcome back. Episode 17, the time, Tiffany, is 420. Uh-huh. You got it. Today we're talking about marijuana. I know everyone's been thinking about it. Maybe some of you are actually participating right now in partaking. <laughs> Kudos to you guys if that's what your choice is at the moment. However... There are some interesting topics related to the legalization of marijuana and specifically this year in Florida, how it's going to affect voters. And what are your thoughts? I mean, marijuana, medical marijuana, what do you think? So, you know, I kind of thought of this topic, one, because it's an election year like we spoke about. So it might be on the ballots for lots of people in different states. But, you know, I've, Not had, Florida. I've had quite a few patients come to the hospital really in the past month, which is what made me think about this with what we call hyperemesis, which is they cannot control their nausea and their vomiting, and it's all due to significant and very frequent marijuana smoking. Oh, interesting. Yeah, So, um, and, and it's pretty violent. I mean, these people look very ill because they can't keep anything down. So it's kind of, it's a paradoxical reaction, right? So they get the munchies and they eat, and then, and then they just start heaving, 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 and then they can't stop, and they have to be hospitalized because of it. So that, like, kind of formed the question in my head, like, you know, I'm really curious as to what other people think about this, the opinions of it. And I feel like there's, uh, there's pros and I get that, but there's a lot of cons that maybe people don't think about. And I kind of just thought it would be a good topic to talk about. Well, I agree. I think it's a good topic. When I think about marijuana, I think about all different types of use of marijuana. And I think it was, I don't know, was it two years ago, a year ago? I don't remember the exact date when it was actually Florida allowed medical marijuana use. And you see people that have the medical marijuana card and they use it for purposes related to a doctor prescription. And then I stop and I think, okay, what was the doctor prescribing the medical marijuana for? Oh, well, you should see the list. What was the source of it? I mean, from, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but looking at the stuff that I just deal with in court and, you know, just personal issues right. going on with friends and stuff that use pot, I think about it's basically a prescription for everything? Uh, yeah, essentially, because there's a lot of stuff that you can't, like, prove you could just make up like anxiety or PTSD or and I and by the way guys I'm not mean, I'm not meaning that in a way I'm not trying to diminish people who truly have these problems that's not my point my point is is like it's very easy for me to go in and say oh my god I'm so anxious I just I can't keep it together and you know like you could play that up and get a card no problem right now it's different than cancer which obviously you either have cancer or you don't right. you know there's certain things back pain you know chronic chronic what we call chronic non-malignant pain meaning you don't have cancer but you have all this pain and so look in that scenario do I think it's better than being popping Percocet all day long? Mm, yeah, I'm going to go with yeah on that. Yes. I think so. But, yeah. but at the same time, there's other, you know, there's other tools and mechanisms to, you know, kind of get people back on their feet that have chronic pain. And so I feel like it might be a, you know, kind of a, a stepping stone to getting off prescriptions altogether. Um, I'm not quite sure if I'm a fan of people who just are on it every day, all day, just for this kind of non-malignant pain. But I definitely am in favor of marijuana over opiates for sure. Um, well, it's less addicting for sure, right? Yeah, and, and remember, medical marijuana, at least in Florida, cannot be smoked. So it's, it's usually edibles or like, you know, or the orally oil. dissolving tablets or oil, you know, stuff like that. So it's not as, you know, um, 
it's not as, as as much of a social recreational event when you're not smoking it, right? It's kind of like taking out. Al- it's kind of like taking alcohol as an enema versus drinking it with your friends. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of like the same concept. What Al, Al looked at me, people do that. People do that. People really? soak tampons and alcohol and then stick it up up themselves oh, to get drunk because it works the same way. It, it gets Why absorbed. not just like take shots? Yeah, I'm just saying. Anyway, people are probably like, "What? Yes, that is true. I've seen it. People do that to get drunk because they, they don't no calories, so they just stick it up there and then, all liquid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Anyway, so um, you know, I think part you know, so you got pros and cons, right? So the, a pro is maybe people aren't taking prescription drugs as much anymore. The con affiliated with that is you know, there are actual side effects from it too. You can have hyperemesis, like what I spoke about with the vomiting. And then also, you know, is there impaired coordination? Real, I mean, look, I, I told before, told you before we came on, I have a friend of mine who I was saying that we were going to talk about this today. And she's like, oh my God. She's like, it shouldn't be legal. And I said, why? She's like, when I smoke, I am completely impaired and there's no way I could drive. Right now, I don't know because I've literally only done this one time in my entire life at 35 years old. And because it's just not my thing. I don't like feeling like I don't have control over myself. But if that's true, I, I, I tend to agree with her. Well, if you legalize it, obviously, we'll talk in a minute, you know, about the money incentive and the tax that would be applicable to each state. And we could talk about the states that have already spent time legalizing it. And they've, you know, they've done studies and things like that on what type of benefit financially is coming in through the state. But when you think about the individual person, if it's not actually regulated as far as taking it, correct, how much you're going to put into your body, and then the manner in which you're putting it into your body, I see a big form of abuse. Well, and I and I agree with that. That's why medicinal marijuana. You know, there are different strains. Um, I actually spoke on a, on a national talk show about this um, because, again, I'm not a, I'm not necessarily against it. I just feel like we need to be very careful about the way we regulate it. And so there's different strains, and some are kind of the downers, and some are kind of the uppers, and um, I, we, we joke, one of them's indica, we say we in the couch, right? Cause it just like oh, relaxes you and you want to chill out. So, you know, but and who's th- regulating that if you're just, if it's legal and you're just deciding, okay, I'm just going to go to Publix. I'm going to go well, to this pot store and just buy some marijuana and take it I mean, however you want. I think that maybe there's a way, and I don't know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a lawmaker, but there might be a way to regulate it in the sense that, you know, you can't smoke it. So you have to go to a place that has it regulated by whatever, you know, some sort of FDA-ish type, the distributor, right? right? And then you can still get your lozenges or whatever you want. So maybe we regulate in a sense where it's not smoked and we regulate it just as if it was medicinal marijuana and there's, you know, a a quote-unquote expert behind the counter and you say what you're trying, what effect you're trying to get and they help you get the right thing. Like the marijuana doctor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk about your symptoms and then they prescribe Come to window over here. Come to the window uh, essentially, on the left. Essentially. And then you have the stronger marijuana plants on one side, and then maybe it just goes down by color, you know, as far as the strength yeah. of the marijuana. Yeah. You can, like, pick your color, pick your strength. I, you I just, you know, so look. So kind of like you're at the um, Froyo place. <laughs> Pick your toppings. <laughs> pick your topping. Pick We're your gonna pot. weigh it for you. Um, <laughs> but look, so so again, going back to pros and cons. So I have something here from the Chicago Tribune. Um, so you know, in in terms of like the state of Illinois. So they said the tax revenue, it, med, um, legal, legalization of marijuana, accounted for two hundred and sixty six million dollars in tax revenue. So, so I, someone's again, making money. That's a pro. But then the question begets is what are we doing with these tax funds, right? Are we are, are so the, what I said before we came on is right. 
we're, are we using these tax funds for, for great things? Are we using these tax funds because the homelessness rate has increased so significantly that now we're having to make up for our homelessness and, and use tax funds to, to solve that problem? Because there are multiple studies that show that the states that have legalized marijuana have a significant increase in the homelessness rate. I could see that. And then basically your state's making more money, but nobody's providing any type of uh, you know, safe, safe haven, basically, for people that can't support themselves or choose not to support themselves because they would rather be high all day and expect somebody else to take care of them and to take care of their bills, which I don't really support that. Yeah, right. Smoke less weed. Yeah, you know, I was in... Go to work. I was in um, San Francisco, and, oh, God, I mean, I feel bad people are listening from San Francisco, but never would I go back. Never. I had a good time when I went there. How long ago did you go? I went... Uh, probably like five years ago. Okay, yeah. So not so, recent. Yeah, it was recent, and it's you know uh, marijuana was is legal in the state of California, and I feel like it's the big cities that are the, that are the most affected. But the homelessness, oh my gosh, it was. I mean, it was it was rampant, and and I feel you feel bad, but it's like what happened, and it was what a happened significant, to the city. What yeah. happened to the city? I mean, it was everywhere, everywhere, homelessness everywhere, everywhere. And, and so then, you know, I kind of like started doing some research on it. Like maybe it is correlated to the legalization of the marijuana. You know, you've got young people that get out of college and they want to smoke or do whatever because they're still young. And, you know, then you get roped into this. And, and then it's not a crime. Are, it's not a crime. And are you really a productive member of society? And, you know, look, and I'll, and I'll be the first person to say it. The people that I know, we spoke about this before we got on the air. The people that I know that smoke every single day, I would not say are super great, like, you know, members of society. Motivating, partici- motivated participants. Participant, yeah. And, and, I, and guys, and again, society. I'm not saying that that's everybody. I'm just saying from my viewpoint, my, you know, maybe it's stereotypical, but the people that I know, it's not, you know, they're, they're not the most productive members of society. So... I don't well, know. I think I mean, it's related to motivation, too. Yeah. And how well, you feel when you're... But how are you motivated when you're smoking pot all day? Well, you're smoking pot all day, exactly. And you want to hang out. And you want to lay on the couch or watch TV and eat. And probably eat to the point where you can't stop eating. And you end up in the hospital. That's interesting. I never even thought about oh, that. Oh, man. So it's like the, the munchies it, are like taking it to the next level. It's the number one thing that we think of when someone comes in that's young. And I actually have a great weed story I'll tell you in a minute. It, it's a great story, actually. about Oh, this. so before, before <laughs> I want to hear that I mean, it's story. a really good story. But before I get into it, the, the other thing, too, is and that I have a significant problem with is there's a comedian that I listen to her name and she's on Instagram. And I really think everyone should follow her. Her name's Nicole Arbor. And oh, a lot yes, of people, the Canadian, the Canadian girl. And a lot of people probably know her, but she made a point too. And she's correct. The, the, the jailing and the sentencing for people, you know, when they, they get caught either selling, distributing, they have it, whatever. Possessing. I mean, it's possessing. It's ridiculous time sentences for the possession of marijuana. Some people more so than a, a violent crime. Okay. Then we have, and, and, and I will say, if you look at the statistics, it's more likely, you're more likely to get arrested if you're black with the marijuana, which is a major problem. Yes. And then what happens is then, you know, one problem gets another problem because now dad or mom, dad or mom is in jail. And now you have a, a, a home with less apparent. And then it propagates a whole other problem because, again, it's, it's the st- statistics. We know that a two-parent household typically does better than a one-parent household. Especially when so one parent's not in custody. How are we fixing society? And Nicole brought this up. Like, how are you fixing society if you're jailing a parent for three years for, for possession of marijuana, and then you expect that child to be also a productive member of society when one of their parents are in jail for a nonviolent, ridiculous crime. Well, let me speak to that for just a minute. Please, because there's a second part to that I want to mention. Okay. Do you want to go ahead well, first? 
but then I'll you hold have, my thought. But then you have housewives that get, you know, prescriptions for pills from their doctor that's not illegal, and that's not criminalized. I don't understand it. You know, that's worse. So, I don't know. I have a problem with that. I do. I, I can tell you that in the state of Florida, the statutes related to crimes involving possession of marijuana is treated differently than possession of narcotics. I can't tell you the date that the statute changed, but at least in Florida, they treat possession of marijuana. First of all, if it's under 20 grams, it's a misdemeanor. So when you think about it, that's like, you know, a couple nuggets, you know, that you have in a bag. Usually okay. at your glove compartment. I mean, I'm, I'm not you know, familiar something like with that. the term. So. Well, you know. I was a prosecutor, so I know a lot about drug yeah. crimes and things like that. I also did go to the University of Florida for college, so I'll, I'll just throw that out there. Anyway, um, then when you look at possession, it's a misdemeanor. If it's over 20 grams, it can be charged as a felony, but the punishment for possession of any type of narcotic is automatically a felony, regardless whether it's one pill, two pills, ten pills. Okay. It is still a felony. Then when you talk about trafficking... Obviously, I don't remember the exact number, but large amounts of marijuana. Now you're dealing with trafficking. There's no minimum mandatory sentence for trafficking marijuana in the state of Florida. There is a three-year minimum mandatory sentence in the event that you are sentenced according to the sentencing guidelines, which obviously there's ways to modify that, um, for any other trafficking of narcotics. So in Florida, marijuana is treated differently. It's still a punishment because it's still a crime for now. But I think as we look at the trends going backwards, you know, like the last 10 years and obviously moving forward, depending on what happens with the election this year and how statutes are going to be changed potentially and lawmakers are going to have an influence one way or the other, we might see a, more of a change in how possession of marijuana itself is being treated, whether it is a crime, is it not a crime, and then is there going to be any modification of the sentencing guidelines as we move you know, past 2020. But I think that's great, and I think that's appropriate, actually. Um, you I know, because it is a crime for right now, but, you know, treated to a lesser degree as, as a narcotic. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is the quite I mean, I personally think it should be treated even less than a narcotic Agreed. is. And punishment shouldn't be anywhere near prison sentences because most people that are, well, you know, using pot are not violent offenders. Here, right. Exactly. So my thought process is like, dude, if you want to do that and screw yourself up, by all means, you know what I mean? Like, I have more of a problem with like armed robberies and breaking and entering where you're coming into someone else's solitude in someone else's home and you're risking someone else's life, which, which brings me back to the point of fatal accidents and car accidents. And, you know, I don't know, like how coherent is someone to drive? How, how do you even regulate that? Cause we can get a blood alcohol level on someone when they're driving like a maniac. How, how do you regulate that with marijuana? That's the question. Well, I mean, they can, there's ways that they can do that. Now you can still get, you know, a DUI, by being under the influence of a drug that's not alcohol. So you're not gonna do a breath test, but you're gonna do a blood test. The question is gonna become, when is it applicable for you to have a blood test taken, and then they're gonna do urine test. So any type of drug in your system while you're driving to affect impairment, it's gonna be related to urine. They're gonna test it through your urine. Well, that makes sense. That they've been doing that now. Yeah. But then the question is, what is gonna be the level of right. the marijuana in your system in order to determine if it is in fact going to be, you know, above the limit. Should it just be any at all? Or any at all, right. But the problem is, is it's, there has to be, and I should know this probably because I'm a physician, but I don't really do this type of medicine. I wonder if there's a test to like, show within a certain time frame, because marijuana stays in the system for quite some time. Right, but think about when you're getting arrested, um, obviously a police officer is going to, law enforcement is going to have to have 
some probable cause to stop you to but begin with. But what I'm with. saying is, like, let's say the, prob the probable cause was there. I was acting like an idiot on the street or driving, and it's a Monday, but really I smoked weed on Saturday. That's still going to show up in my system, you know? So there has well, to be a way to... Sure. I mean, they'd have to look for signs of impairment at the time that right. you're driving in yeah. order to even have probable cause to ask for right. a urine test, a blood test, or a breath test. Obviously, breath, you know, if you're smelling alcohol on your breath, there's more of a likelihood right. that you just <laughs> took a couple shots, you know? But, but either way, I mean... I, I would imagine the signs of impairment for marijuana, even though the marijuana might stay in your system for a longer period of time, I don't necessarily think, and I'm not a doctor, but I can't imagine that the signs or the symptoms of impairment from marijuana last No, long, no, no, that wasn't my long point. No, it wasn't about the impairment. It was just about, you know, what if something else was going on and, you know, I, I, it, they really did have a, a probable cause to pull me over and then they tested me, but really that test was from Saturday. It really wasn't because of what happened on Monday and maybe I was just sick and tired from driving, you know, on right. a night shift home or something. So it becomes that time frame. Like there has right. to be, we got to, if there, maybe there is something developed, I don't know, but like where you can show an acute, you know, intoxication versus something that you had kind of a few days ago. Well, I mean, there's toxicologists that testify yeah. in those cases all the time, and they would basically extrapolate the facts and determine when the test was taken, whether or not the test was relative to the signs of and symptoms that occurred at the time. But you'd be surprised, but I mean, DUIs, if you literally have a, a complicated issue related to a scientific, you know, cause of the, whether it's a car accident or whether it's just, you know, somebody just driving and happens to be under the influence, I mean, the, the the experts that testify, I mean, we're talking like high-end experts here that have to testify about very specific things. Yeah, that makes me, you know, I think, I feel like my thoughts would change on this a little bit in terms of legalization. If we weren't legalizing smoking, we were legalizing it in, in oral kind of forms, right? Um, gum or, you know, lozenges or oils or whatever it might be, where we could, you can regulate the exact amount of THC that was in each product, what type of marijuana it was in each product, that it was being dispensed by some sort of professional behind a counter, right? Almost like a pharmacist per se. Yeah. And, and that, you know, we couldn't operate heavy machinery and put other people's lives at risk. So if you want to go do that in the comfort of your own home, I don't have a problem with that. I never have. I have a problem when like, it's the same thing with alcohol. I don't have a problem. You want to sit in your house and get pissed drunk by all means just don't get in a car and come kill my family oh right. you know right so it's kind of this I feel like it's the same it's the same concept and you can tax the hell out of it and you know it, we just have to be I, I think people are kind of like all or none and that's not really the way this should work because there are other you know there are other factors at play no I would agree I mean I don't think anybody in Florida at least has gotten to the point where they've been able to have a meaningful conversation like we are right now okay if we are going to legalize it what steps are we going to take in order to prevent it from being dispensed entirely in any kind of form to any person walking up to you know uh what are they called there's a name for the dispensary dispensary yeah. okay you know just walking in hey I'll just get that but I mean you have to think about that from a at least from a politician standpoint if you are going to say yes let's do it come up with a plan yeah, I always mean, tell you that. Come yeah, on, why, why is it always all? It's the same thing for school opening. Like, what yes. are we doing? Like, who? Like, this is, guys, like, we're just like two professionals on a podcast and we have come up with like some sort of legitimate plan that I feel like a lot of people would be okay with. Like, why can't everybody else do this? This is I not that know. difficult. Maybe we should run for Congress. No, or hell no. I would never, uh uh. No. No, I wouldn't no. either. I have way too much on my plate right now. Too many <laughs> I skeletons could not in the closet that. for that. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, my story. So, oh yeah, your so pot story. Go I, ahead. I was I was on call one day, and we get this this little Spanish lady who was like I don't know 60, 60 years old, and she was out of her mind. Just didn't know where she. We thought she had a stroke. Didn't know where she was. Totally incoherent. Just acting very erratic. Couldn't figure out what happened. Right. 
So we go round the next day and she's completely back to normal. And we're all like, what in the hell? Like she was admitted. Yeah, she was admitted. We did an MRI. It was negative. Like everything was negative. And then we look at her tox screen and it was positive for marijuana. Okay. And so we go in the room and we said, you know, listen, ma'am, like, do you, do you smoke marijuana? Do you have, and she goes, no, no, never, never. I mean, she was viscerally upset that we didn't even ask her that question. You really offended her. So I said, well, you know, your talk screen was positive and those are kind of never wrong. And so, you know, and she goes, no. And I was like, no, no what? And she goes, the brownies. So she was a nanny. The parents had made pot brownies. She ate a brownie oh, no. when she was cleaning and got high as a kite because she had never had weed in her life and then ate an entire edible brownie. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the family, was, and then the family came in and everyone was Nobody so knew. embarrassed. Like the family, they the didn't, family tell, didn't her, tell the nanny that there was pot in the brownies? No. And you know oh what bothers God. me is there's kids. What bothered me about that story? I just feel like, again, people just be freaking responsible. There's kids in the house. They could have climbed the cat. My son climbs cabinets. Yeah. They see brownies. You could have climbed the cabinet and gotten a brownie. Like you need to put that shit away. Yeah. Like, don't leave that on the kitchen counter. Right. It was very irresponsible of the parents. I mean, the story overall, overall was pretty freaking funny because yeah. it was just like, I mean, when I tell you incoherent, I mean, the lady was stumbling like, I mean, how did she get to the hospital? The did somebody call an they ambulance? Called, they called an, the family called an ambulance. On oh, the because nanny. they couldn't understand why she was no, acting they like thought that. she was having a stroke. Oh, my God. And she just had a pop around. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Those must have been some ever. good brownies. Best story ever. <laughs> wow. I wonder how many brownies that family ate oh, before they realized, let's I mean, take her to the hospital. I just, again, again, for me, it's about the responsibility behind it. And if a kid got their hands on that, could be very dangerous and very bad. And so, again, it's like, listen, do whatever you want to do in the comfort of your own home. But, like, be an adult. Be responsible. It's like drinking and driving. Like, we have Uber now, people. Like, just Uber. It's the same thing. If you're going to smoke pot, just Uber. Like, there's just no, there is no reason in 2020, even as horrible of a year as it is, to be having you know, drunk driving accidents, zero reason, zero, zero, zero reason. You know what I tell people, Tiffany, I've been saying this for so many years. One of those things I feel like I'm going to record myself and just play it when people come into the office. If you literally think that the cost of an Uber is going to be worse than you getting charged with a crime and potentially going to jail, or for some people, they don't care about jail. They care about losing their job, which I would care about losing my job too. If I was in a situation like that, the cost of an Uber, even if you got the high Uber, you know, the high-end one where you can pick your fancy car, there is no comparison to the amount of money and time and effort you will lose if you get caught or, God forbid, you kill someone. Oh, no. I, I don't. I'm not. I, listen, I'm an Uber all the way. I have no problem waiting on an Uber. I got no problem sitting on my ass waiting for like I, I like Uber, Uber a lot. Uber all day, every day. I don't care. Like, it's just, it's not worth it. I mean, look, again, I, I work at a level one trauma center. We had Dr. Lozada on. I mean, mm-hmm. the stories are just unbelievable. I was telling him, I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to go away. And I think I might go zip lining. And we're at. Oh, we were, yes. The we were, story. We were at, story yeah, we were at, we were at around Labor Day. And, and I'm, I'm talking about like maybe doing the zip lining. And he just looks at me and I feel like I'm going to get a picture of Jose making this face. And he just looks at me with his eyes big and just, he kind of purses his lips a little bit and just sits back and starts nodding his head real yeah, quietly. Like, and I'm like, what? And he's like, no, nothing. I go, let me guess. You like had to put somebody's body back together because they fell from a tree zip lining. He's like, yeah, a little worse than that. I'm like, you know what? Keep your stories to yourself. You ruin everything, Jose. Cause he does every single thing I say, I want to do. Oh, have a story for that. Oh, have a story. I'm like, I'm going to go horseback riding. Oh, got a story for that. I'm like, dude, I can't even live my life because this guy is like, I can't even enjoy like a popsicle. Cause I think of Jose's stories, popsicle sticks or putting oh, flowers yeah. in a vase or whatever it might be. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we, we see so much in a hospital. Again, going kind of back to last week, it, it, just think about it. It's a big picture thing, guys. Just be responsible. Like, use common sense. It's The world doesn't revolve around you. And it will if you kill somebody because you're going to go to jail. And then the whole courthouse is going to revolve around you. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, forget it. You're going to do a little bit of prison time if, <laughs> if you end up killing someone, especially if drugs and alcohol are definitely involved. But what about, what do you think about how marijuana use affects um, ju the juvenile justice system, uh, kids using marijuana, and the reduced effect of children that, I, I shouldn't say children, that's not appropriate, teenagers having access to marijuana, and then the decrease in crime rate related to juvenile crimes. Because there's been studies on that. What do you mean the decrease in crime rate? That the children, I, I keep saying children, not kids. children, teenagers, that have, you know, some, um, what am I trying to say? Teenagers that have access to some form of marijuana. Uh -huh. Obviously, high school, not so much now because it's not open, but, you know, when schools are open, that they have more access to drugs. And that children, teens that are using marijuana are less likely to commit violent crimes as That's a juvenile than as an adult. That's very interesting. Because there were studies, not so much in Florida, but in Colorado and in, Illinois and in California, they talked about how the, the juvenile rate of crimes has significantly decreased as states are legalizing marijuana. Um, so I think that that's a multifactorial effect. So I would go back to what I said originally and say, well, how many parents are in the home? You know, uh, are these kids bored? Are there extracurricular activities for them? Because obviously they're either committed. So now we're comparing, oh, did you commit a violent crime or are you smoking weed? I mean, that seems like <laughs> a pretty, you know what I mean? That seems like a pretty harsh comparison. Oh, yeah. It makes I, no feel sense. Like, I feel like there's, there's something being lost in translation on that. Um, you know, like what happened to the YMCA <laughs> like, basketball what, what happened to like yeah like like real good extracurricular activities I yeah. mean honestly Lisa I think kids are just bored now like absolutely think about it like back in the day like when you were a boy and like you wanted to see like you know a woman's boobs like you had to go get a magazine at the store <laughs> and go in your room like now you can just turn on your phone and it's everywhere right yeah, all over there's the place. just easy it's true but there's just easy access to everything and it's it's had a major effect on society I think and I think that's part of it I think these kids are just bored like we need to get them back outside I would agree back outside and back in school yes. too. and states and counties should be spending money in a manner that allows for more extracurricular activities. Agreed. Even though COVID is going on, you can still do sports. You can still host events and have kids either wear a mask or have them, you know, distant, you know, socially distanced while they're having the sport. Otherwise, people are just finding things to do well, that yeah. aren't beneficial but, for them. But Lisa, I mean, that's the same statistic. If you look at the counties, um, throughout the United States that have the highest incidence of opiate use, heroin use, and, and young adults, teenagers and young adults, it's always in these tiny little towns where there's nothing to do. I mean, pull the statistics, everyone. Like yeah. the, the, small that, towns. That, it's small towns because they're bored. So these, we cannot, even as adults, like go do something. There's so many positive things that you can do like for the world, like be big brother, big sister, go volunteer. Yeah. And it sounds, but you know what? Give back a little bit Do and, something, and right. get, get kids outside, give them something to do, encourage them. You know, it's just, it's the small town kind of, uh, mentality. And I agree with you. I think if these 288, you know, million dollars in tax funds were used towards, you know, propagating, you know, uh, after school programs, after school programs and 
supporting kids and the arts and the sciences or whatever, you know, because then the, there's that debate like, oh, we don't defund art. Like, no, man, like whatever. It's a it's a positive influence. Why would you want to take that away? And all the P.E. Remember all the all the stuff that was going on last year and the year before about taking P.E. out of the, you know, the public school system and changing the way P.E. is actually you know, handled in the classroom and all of that. I mean, PE, that's like the best subject ever. I know. I know. Come on. I, I, I mean, listen, I love, I used to, my PE coach was the best. You can lead a horse to water some, but you can't make him drink. <laughs> he, he always had, he always had the little like one-off sayings, like every single time he was the best. Anyway, so I think it's good. I'm really curious to see what everyone thinks of this. We would love it if people commented on Instagram and shoot us an email and let us know because I, I really kind of am on the fence. I, I going going back to what we said, I think that there's ways to do this to make it safe and make it make sense without kind of being like all in on it. Um, and so I'm kind of curious as to what everyone thinks. Yeah, let us know. Hit us up on Instagram or you can email us at confidentchaospodcast at gmail.com. And we always love to hear feedback. Make sure you all stay healthy and stay grounded. Oh, 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 oh,